I don't know where you're at this morning in terms of your faith. Um, You may be here as a believer. You've been a believer for a long time. You've got faith in Jesus Christ. You believe in in, in what Jesus did. He died and he rose again. Uh, And maybe this message this morning will encourage you in that. Um, that you've already put your faith in Jesus. Or you might be here and you're not quite sure. And hopefully, I'm going to look at some characters this morning who experienced Jesus after the resurrection and then chose to put their their faith in Jesus. And that might be you today. Um, There was different characters. Just to make you aware, we've been doing a series called I Am. So we've been looking at Jesus. He makes seven statements. There are a few other statements that you can argue that are the I Ams as well. But For our sake, we'll say there were seven statements. So today, I'm doing the I am the... Well done, two points to you. I am the resurrection, okay? And if you don't know what what that is, hopefully by the end of this, you'll have some ideas what happened. Hopefully the kids, the kids have really done it for me. I feel like I got my scriptures ready. I'm like, actually, they've done it for me. I could just go home and there's enough. Just just believe what they've done. Is that enough for you? Um, So we're going to look at some characters this morning. Hopefully... You can relate to some of these characters. I know I can. Um, I know before I was looking for Jesus, I, I, was kinda, I wasn't really looking for Jesus, but I had some faith in Jesus, maybe. Was he a nice person? Was he a good teacher? Was he a prophet? What, what, I wasn't quite sure, and eventually I put my faith in Jesus. Um, and maybe you can find yourself like some of these people, and we can relate to them. So the first one we're going to look at is Peter and the other disciple. Some like to call him John. Peter and John, for our sake, we'll say it was Peter and John. And Peter and John are the first ones, really, that kind of believe that something has happened. So Mary tells them, as you've just seen, Mary tells them that the body's gone missing. Peter and John, they leg it to the tomb. Peter has a look in. Eventually, the other disciple goes in, and they see these cloths. They see some cloths that are kind of line there, but there's something different about these cloths, which makes them think that something has happened than would have normally happened. Now, it makes me think, what was actually happened to the cloths? You know, were they folded a certain way that Jesus always folded his clothes at night? Do you know what I mean? Do you know why your kids, if you've got kids, how they always fold their clothes and put them away a certain way? I was too. I, I, I can tell which is Olivia's wardrobe and which is Gracie's wardrobe. Olivia's wardrobe, every anger is a certain colour and it's in a certain place. Grace isn't bothered about the angers, but they do get hung up, so I'm happy with that. But was it that Jesus folded them a certain way and they remembered, damn it, Jesus, that's how Jesus always folded his clothes. It has to be Jesus because no one folded them like that. Maybe just getting you thinking this morning. Some say that actually what would happen when you had a meal with Jewish people, what would happen is they would fold their napkin a certain way. If they finished the meal and they got up and they just threw the napkin down, then that meant that they'd finished. But if they folded it and went away for various reasons and the napkin was folded, the person serving would know that they haven't finished their coming back. That's just an idea of why Jesus could have folded them to say, I've not finished yet, but I'm coming back. But there was definitely something in the tomb that was different that made John. It said, he saw and believed. Now, I need a helper this morning. Gideon, can you come give us a hand? 
If you go into that tomb, you'll find some clothes that are there. But they're not clothes, they're a piece of paper. So, what I want you to do, this is just an ordinary piece of paper, would you agree? But what Gideon is going to do, because he's a master at doing this, he's going to fold it, I'm going to say you can fold at least five times. If you can do it less than that, just fold it, right? And I want you to turn it into an aeroplane for me. Yeah, you can do it more. They're a bit pushy, these kids nowadays, aren't they? <laughs> you talk to your teacher like this? I'm only kidding, mate. So, and do you know what? That sign language, I thought to myself, I can't tell my kids off when they point at me like that now because they're just asking a question. What? What do you say, Dad? They've taught me sign language at church. Right, how are we doing? So, at the moment, it's just an ordinary piece of paper, but when he folds it, it turns into something else. Would you agree? But it's still a piece of paper, but because the way it's folded, it becomes something different than when it's not folded. And my point is, when we look at... Mate, that's looking a bit technical. That is impressive. Now you're just showing off, and my plane's going to look nothing like your plane. You go make me... Yeah, I'm going to have a go after. I didn't know. Oh, don't make me look stupid up here. I could have made it easy. We never I'm only kidding. We could be here a long time. He's got stickers and everything that he's putting on it. I haven't got stickers. Right. We're nearly there. 27 folds later. Go on. Wow. Tim, you have taught him well. Right, let's just see if this piece of paper is now something else. Still a piece of paper, but it's something else. Go for it. Whoa! Round of applause. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is an impressive play, mate. That was worth waiting for the falls. There you go. Give it a round for Gideon. Give him a round of applause. No, you can keep that, mate. You have it. You have it. Just be careful with it, because it nearly took someone's eye out. We didn't do a risk assessment. Sorry about that, Mike. Thank you, Alistair. Okay, so the point is, it's a piece of paper, but when something was done with it, it was something else. Does that make sense? In here were grave clothes, or a tomb, just an ordinary tomb. For us, that would be a coffin. And I did think, should we come in with a coffin and walk it in to make a bit of an impression? And I thought, oh no, not on a family service. But the point is, this is a coffin with no body in it, and somebody's not happy because it's gone missing. The point is this, with John, we come looking, but we can't find the physical Jesus, can we? He's not here. But what we do have is some evidence. Some bits of evidence that have been left for you, for you to decide when you look at them, when you look at these pieces of paper that are folded in here, and the evidence says something, can you believe these bits of evidence? That it's more than a piece of paper, but actually it's the word of God that has been communicated to you today. That so that you can see and believe. We don't have all the evidence like John and Peter, but they had enough to say, something has happened here. Something has happened that is not normal in this tomb. Something's happened to those clothes, and it made them think, now I believe. They didn't understand everything, and you might not understand everything. But when it was explained to them later, it began to make sense what was spoken in the Old Testament that would happen to Jesus. 
And I think many of us can come like that. We haven't got all the evidence. We haven't got all the answers. But there's something I can see. And I'm starting to believe. Or you could be like Mary Magdalene. And Mary Magdalene, she meets Jesus physically. She still doesn't see him. And it's a little bit odd why she doesn't recognize him. I wonder if she was covered. You know, she was mourning and she was covered over so she couldn't quite see through a veil. Or she was just blurry-eyed because she was crying. Or Jesus had done something so that she could not recognize him until he opened her eyes spiritually. So there's those kind of questions. We haven't got all the answers. But we have got somebody who's seeking the physical Jesus. She eventually finds the physical Jesus. Or she encounters the physical Jesus. And then she believes. You know, you might be looking for an encounter with Jesus. And I believe Jesus wants to give you an encounter with him. But it might not happen the same way it happened with Mary. You see, Mary actually wasn't looking for the living Jesus. She was looking for the dead Jesus. She wasn't looking for a Jesus that was alive on that day. She was looking for a Jesus who used to be alive but no longer alive. I want to ask you this question, who are you looking for? He says to Mary, Mary, why are you crying? He is not unsensitive. He's compassionate and he meets her in her pain. And I believe Jesus does that with us. But then he goes to a deeper level. He says, who are you looking for, Mary? I want to ask you this question this morning. Who are you looking for? Do you want the dead Jesus, the historical Jesus, the Jesus who was alive 2,000 years ago, or do you want Jesus alive in your life today? Because I believe Jesus is not dead and he is alive. And if you will put your faith in the living God, who's now alive, he will come alive to you. And you will encounter the living God who will become alive to you like he did to Mary. But who are you looking for? Do you want to keep Jesus in the tomb, someone who died and forgave my sin, I get all of that. Or do you want Jesus to come alive to you? Because if he comes alive to you, he'll then give you a mission. He says to Mary, Mary, go and tell the others the good news, I'm alive. Wow. So she legs it. Did you like the runs this morning? Is it, was it Miles? Miles, great running. It's just like, you nailed it. They were great in rehearsal as well. But the point is this. Mary then is given a mission to go and tell the disciples. So my next group are the disciples. Are you still with me this morning? I really relate to these people. They didn't have it all together. They didn't have all the evidence. But they had something to put their faith in. And then we get the disciples then. The disciples are all in a, in a room and Jesus goes to them and he meets them. And he enters in and he says, peace be with you. They were obviously troubled and they needed to know that there was peace and they didn't need to be worried about Jesus. I wonder if, I wonder if they were a bit concerned, this Jesus floating around, is he a real person or has he come back as a ghost? You know, you know we talk in the Bible sometimes about the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Does that scare you sometimes? No? Don't you find it a bit odd? You're going to receive Jesus and the Holy Ghost. I wonder if Peter wouldn't go inside because he might have been worried if there was a ghost in there. Or, like most of us, we won't admit it, there's spiders in there. And they're going to go in there, spiders in there. Or the unknown. It's dark. I don't get it. I'm a bit scared to enter in. But the disciples, Jesus goes to them. I, I believe they believe the word of Mary. 
Mary said, Jesus is, I've seen the Lord. So they had an expectancy that Jesus is now alive. They put their trust in what Mary had said, and they were expecting something. Jesus turns up in the room, peace be with you, and then he does something else. It says he breathes the Holy Spirit, or his breath, onto them or into them. So I believe they were looking for Jesus, and they wanted an experience of Jesus. I've experienced the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God now has come into me. Now something has changed. You might be like that this morning. I believe God will meet you where you're at. If you're looking for Jesus and seeking Jesus, I believe he will meet you where you are at. And by the way, we don't seek the encounter. or We don't seek the experience. But we seek Jesus. We seek him himself to know God. And as we know him, we can encounter him or experience him through his Holy Spirit today. So you might be like one of the disciples. I want to pray that God, you experience the Holy Spirit in your life. And God empowers you for mission. Or you might be like Thomas. Who refused to believe what somebody else told him. Anybody else been like that? I don't want to believe them. Someone's raised from the dead. Jesus is alive. I saw him. He's dead. He's been crucified. I'm not going to believe until I actually says, put my hands in the nails or in the side of Jesus. And he refused to believe until he saw Jesus himself. So I need a couple of volunteers. Nathaniel, are you okay to volunteer? Uh, Jaira, seeing as you've got stoked top on, you can come up. Hopefully Stoke will win on this one. I'll, I'll fix it so they win. So this, this, is, this is a box of... Ben, can you read what it says? What does it say on the side? Lightly sorted tortilla chips. Lightly sorted, right? I mean healthy, as good as I can. These are lightly sorted. That's what it says on the box. So what is in the box then? What do you mean No. What do you mean, no, master plane builder? Right. Trust me. What is in this box? Tortilla chips. Okay? It says it. If you, no matter where you look from, if you look from over there, it says it on that side. Does it not? Just nod. Yes. Yeah. Does it say it from here? Yeah. Does it see... Can you see it? No. No chance. Put your glasses on. Can you see... It says, trust me, like, does it say here? Are there some words here? No. No. <laughs> this is not going to plan. Right, can you read that word there? Chips. Chips. That's what it says on the box, chips. Not like chips you have with fish and chips, but tortilla chips, right? So you believe, because it's written, that in this box are tortilla chips. No. <laughs> I've tried to prep him a little bit to warn them because I said, I asked him, do you like spiders? Do you like spiders? Yeah. Yeah, you said you didn't. You, you, said, is it, you said, is it a tarantula? Yeah. And I said, it might be. So are you going to trust me and put your hand in this box? <laughs> the art of delegation. You are going to, that means you are very clever. You have taken after your mum. You know, you know how to train other people up. You're very, very clever. Jaira, are you happy to go first? No. Is someone going to go first? He's him. 
right. Okay then, I'll let you choose which hand you want to, which, which hole. There's two holes here. That hole and that hole. Let me just... Hey, 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 Oh, you can't peek through there. Right, I need to swap them around then. You little monkey, I need to swap them around. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. What do you mean, uh-uh? Right, Jared, I think you'll go first. Which hole do you want to put your hand... Which hole do you want to put your hand in? This one or this one? That one or that one? That one. Okay, come around here then, because the little monkey is looking. Right, put your hand, close your eyes, put your hand in there and, and, and see what you can feel. What can you feel? Can you take one out? What is it? Yes! See? I don't lie. See? In this... What's in the other hole? Tortilla chips. That's what it says on the box. Do you believe me? No. No. Got to work on this trust thing. Jared, there you go. Do you like them? Yes, she does. Right. Right. No looking. Now, you're going to put your hand in this. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Put your hand in that box. Just put it in and see what you can find. Put it right in. What can you find in that bowl? What is it? No, 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 no. Put your hand in the box. Put your hand in. What is it? You didn't like that, did you? You didn't like that, did you? Didn't you like that? No, no. Go on, try it again. You're not doing it. That's okay, then. I'll tell you what. You put your hand in this box, then. Put your hand in that one and get one of them. You didn't like that bit, did you? Why didn't you like it? Did it feel funny? What, do you want to look what it is? No, we're not going in. I'll tell you what it is. You actually made it with your dad, but you didn't feel very nice because you didn't know what it was, did you? It's slime. You know exactly what it was. You made it. You made it for me. Okay. Can we give him a round of applause? I did make it. Did you make it? You made it, your dad? I made it for Gideon. Oh, okay. He made it for Gideon, but you actually were making it for me. All right? You didn't know that, though. Are those nice? Right, I'll tell you what. On here, I've got your chocolate to say thank you. All right? Well done. Give him a round of applause. Passes a piece of that tissue. Passes a piece of that tissue there. Top. That slime is really slimy. Right. My point is this. Thomas wouldn't believe until he put his hands in. He wanted to feel it himself. And Jesus met him where he was at. He turned up. He said, Thomas, put your hands here. Put your hands here. And then he said this. Stop doubting and believe. Believe in me. And I don't know where you're at this morning, but I believe God has done everything to give us the evidence that we need in Jesus Christ. To show us that he loves us. To show us his power over sin and death. He was resurrected and he conquered sin and he conquered death. And he now gives us the hope of eternal life if we believe in him. Anybody else want to put their hand in here? Yeah, now you know what's in there. But the point is this, is this. God is not a God who tricks us. If he says it, he does it. You know, we can actually read in John chapter 11, if we pull it up, Jesus says of himself when he encounters a lady called Martha. Martha's brother has died, his name is Lazarus, he's been dead for four, he's been in the tomb for four days, and he turns up and he says, Martha says to him, if you'd have been here, Jesus, everything would have been okay. And then Jesus says these words, he says, Martha, your brother will rise again. And she says, I know he'll rise again. At the end, in the resurrection, she believed there was a resurrection that would happen. 
You know, we can all have an idea or a thought that at the end, we're going to all be risen again and go somewhere. But Jesus corrects here and says, no. He very gently corrects and says, your concept, your abstract idea that you have, that everybody's going to write, he says, that's not going to happen. He says, it will only happen by this. And he says this, Martha, I am the resurrection. It's not something that's going to happen. It's only going to happen by knowing me. In me is the resurrection. I am the one who created the world. I am the one who spoke in life. Through me, everything was made. And without me, nothing was made. And eternity is only going to happen through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because he is the resurrection. There is no other power. There is no other one who's, who's gone into the grave and come out of it himself. And he goes up to Lazarus who's in the grave. And he says, Lazarus, come out the grave. And he showed his authority and his power over death. He said, come out. And Lazarus comes out. They take the grave clothes off him. And he's resurrected from the dead. How does that happen? How do we we know that we can be resurrected? Not in an idea that we think it might happen. No, in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because in Jesus is the resurrection. John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And what he's telling us is this, the evidence shows Jesus, the resurrection, was in the beginning. When the world was made through Jesus, when God spoke, the world was being being created. The power of life was happening in God's Word, who today, the Word was God's agent, today the agent of change was Jesus. The promises of God was put inside Jesus Christ, and it says, if you believe in me, Then, even though you die, you shall live. There's no other one who can promise that. There's no other God who's appeared on the earth fully and demonstrated his power over this thing called sin and death. So I want to ask you this question this morning. We've nearly finished. Do you believe in Jesus? And not just an idea. Oh yeah, I believe he walked the earth. Do you believe who he was. You see, the resurrection tells us something else about Jesus. The resurrection tells us he's not just a good teacher. There's loads of good teachers. Loads of religions with different teachers that you can believe in. He's not just a prophet, someone sent by God with words to direct your life or tell you how to live a different way. He's more than that. The Bible teaches us that he is God and that he is the son of God, sent from God himself to save all humanity. And he says, if you believe in me, then you'll live. But you see, the problem with Martha is, Martha had an idea that's in the future. What Jesus wants to do is bring us or bring him into our today. Because he wants us to live today, not when we die. Does that make sense? And that's what happens with Mary. Mary had a Jesus who was crucified and dead. Jesus says, no, I'm alive, I'm here, I want to come into your day. And then she tries to hug, hug him. And he says, let go of me, don't hold on to me, I need to ascend. Why did he need to ascend? He needed to ascend so that he could send the Holy Ghost. This unknown thing that we're not sure about because we're not in control of it. This Holy Spirit that seems a little bit out there. Or can I just rephrase it to you? This might help. The presence of God or the spirit of Jesus. 
So Jesus must ascend so that by his spirit he can come and live with you. And if you want to know what this Holy Ghost or the spirit of Jesus is like, read in here, it'll tell you what he's like. It'll tell you that he loves you, he died for you, he forgives you, and he gives you hope of eternal life when you put your faith in him. So we have the resurrection, we have the spirit, and it's the spirit that gives us the power, the same power that was in Jesus, now, if you believe, resides in you. So that even though you die, boom, we live. I mean, what can stop you now when Jesus is on your side? Can you imagine Lazarus walking to, the, walking to his death the second time? I died that time. I didn't really know Jesus was with me. Now I'm walking with my best mate, Jesus. Guess what? Come on, death. Let's take it on. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, you'd, have a, you'd have a different experience. Yes, it'd still be painful. Our mortal body would die. But he's going to see death in a different way. Now Jesus is with him. Remember when I was in that tomb? Jesus got me out. This next one? Oh, he's going to get me out again. How much more confidence would you have on a daily basis knowing that Jesus is with you? The resurrection, the spirit, are the two themes within this. And the last one comes down to faith. And faith is not God's job. He's done his faithfulness in Jesus. He's done everything he can do. Our faith is our response to what Jesus has done for us. And God gives us free will to choose what we will do on a daily basis. Will I walk in the trusting in Jesus and his resurrection power on a daily basis? You see, John writes this word a hundred times. Believe. Now, here's a little bit of an English lesson very quickly. Kids, what is a noun? I got it. Yeah, I got it all, right? It's generally a word that we, need, we, we use to name an object or something, would you say? We call it in school a naming word, but you grammar people, you might correct me a little bit more on that. But let's say it's a naming word. John gives us a word here, believe. It's not a noun. It's not, I have faith. It's not an object I have. This is my faith. And yes, we do have faith, but it's not a noun. It's not an object. John writes it as a, what's a verb, kids? It's a doing word. Come on, he's doing this morning. He's verbing it, right? It's a doing word. Believe is a doing word. It's an action. In other words, God says, how will you act to what I've done? How will you respond to what I've done? Will you believe in me? And John always puts these words with it. So it's a belief, which is an action, but he always puts into or in. So a belief, I have a belief, but what is your belief in? Is it in, well, maybe God's going to resurrect me, maybe I'll go to heaven. Well, are you sure it's in something? Because that doesn't sound too confident. But belief is an action that must be in something. And you have to actively choose to put your faith in Jesus Christ. In the power of the resurrection. Are you with me? In is forgiveness. And it's a daily thing that we do when we believe. I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that I'm forgiven. I believe that the power of God that was in Jesus, now I receive it and he now lives in me. Like the disciples, they breathed on him and they knew. There was a deposit that was in them that they could say, I know Jesus is with me. I don't know how I explain this. I don't have all the evidence. We have little bits of things, but I just know deep down that Jesus is with me. 
And I just know deep down what Jesus did on that, in that tomb is going to happen to me. That I can trust in Jesus. Do you know that this morning? The resurrection, do you believe in it? The Holy Spirit wants to make Jesus real to you where you're at. He wants to comfort you if you're in pain. He wants to be with you in your suffering. He wants to walk through it when you face things like death, which is really difficult. Jesus knows that. He also wants to give you joy, so you can find joy in this world. You can find good in this world. You can have hope in this world. We don't live in despair. We now have a hope because of Jesus. I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to set you one challenge for the week. Are you a believer this morning? Anybody believe in here? You might not be a believer. You might have some faith, but you've never chosen to put your faith into Jesus. And it's really simple. A task for you this week, you can do it this morning, this week, is this. Like Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I want you to do this. This week you say, I am a believer. That sounds easy, Paul. Yet it is until things start going on. This week I want to encourage you that Jesus believes in you and he wants you to believe in yourself. Can I set you that task this week? Is that all right? Can you say that this morning? I am a believer. I believe it. I believe, I believe, I believe. I just want to get into that. Is it Shrek? Is it in Shrek? We should have done a Shrek show, shouldn't we? I'm a believer. There's another one as well, isn't there? What's that one? Anyway, I won't sing because they don't like me singing. Are you a believer this morning? Come on. I want to encourage you if you're a little bit unsure about Jesus, you're a little bit unsure and you want to, you're not sure, put your hands in because you're not sure what might happen. I want to tell you that Jesus is a flipping amazing. And he's the one you can trust more than anyone. He won't let you go. He won't let you down. He'll never abandon you. Not like other people do. He will stick to you. More faithful than your best friend ever. He'll walk through death. He'll walk through suffering. He He won't leave you or abandon you. But he'll comfort you. In and through it all. I did that 20 years ago. And I'm still on a daily basis. Choosing to say... I'm a believer. I'm a believer. So come on, let's stand. We're going to worship Jesus. And you might be here this morning. You might be kind of on the edge. You might be like Thomas who wants to feel and touch the body of Jesus. Or you might be Mary who doesn't quite make sense yet. But Jesus wants to open your eyes of your heart so that you know him. I'm going to pray. And if that's you, I want you to respond in your heart. But I also want you to do this. This is really important. This week, you confess it with your tongue and say, I believe. That cements what you do in here. It's not just floating around. You're you're affirming what Jesus has done. So I'm going to pray. Jesus, I thank you this morning that you are alive. I thank you, Jesus, that you want to meet us where we're at. I thank you, Jesus, that we can come as we are. I thank you, Jesus, that you won't abandon us. And I pray for everybody in here this morning. I speak the peace of God for them. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would reveal the truth to them this morning. That they are loved by you. That you've not abandoned us, but you've sent your son to die for us. And Lord, you've overcome that death. And I thank you, Jesus, that we can trust in you. Jesus, I thank you that you forgive us when we turn away from our sins. And you offer us peace and a right standing with God. 
So Holy Spirit, I pray each person in here this week that they would walk with you, they would talk with you, and that Jesus, you would reveal yourself, and that they would confess that I am a believer. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a round of applause. Jesus, we love you. We thank you.